as enterprises begin to take the risk-based approach to enhance their business growth with an objective to reduce exposure to risk. It is both a challenge and an opportunity for the security practitioners of these organizations. I'm Geeta Nandikathur, Managing Editor, Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I have with me Sid Deshpande, Principal Analyst at Gartner. Sid believes that it's time the security practitioners spotted the opportunities within their enterprise to enhance security spend to make tactical investment plans while building necessary in-house skills by taking a strategic approach. Sid discusses the approach CISOs need to take in building a strong security posture within their enterprise. Welcome, Sid, and thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for having me. You've been talking about the budgeting for security, and this is the most hot or critical part of discussion amongst practitioners today, I would say. Are Indian enterprises in a state of allocating exclusive budgets for security, but all along it has been more to do with IT? That's a great question. And just to summarize the kinds of conversations that organizations are having around security budgeting, first thing is really uh, what sort of areas do we need to spend on from a security perspective? Second is how do we as an organization secure the budget and the funding for those projects? And the third is really how do we communicate value of those investments? I think if you could summarize the budgeting process in these three broad categories, that's the process that, that, that exists. So what organizations are uh, looking to do is to spend on security to protect their, their infrastructure and to uh, reduce the exposure to risks, right? And a few things that they're doing in, in that regard that we are recommending to organizations that they should do. The first thing is to align risk and security to corporate performance. The second is to create awareness in your organization because in today's digital world, every employee is a user of technology and that usage of technology contributes directly to business outcomes. So unless you create awareness, not only in IT and security, but outside of IT as well, that's when an organization starts having an alignment of risk and security to corporate goals. Third thing is metrics. How you measure your security investments and how you report them have a significant impact on whether an organization will ultimately be able to secure the funding from the business or not. So the metrics need to be reported in a way that is related to the organization's business objective and their mission statement and all of those things. Another aspect of the budgeting conversation is communicating uh, risk and security to the board. It's very important for organizations to use their opportunity that they have twice a year to communicate with the board, use that opportunity to institutionalize a strategic thinking about security and risk management in the organization rather than using it as an opportunity to get funding for pet projects in a tactical manner. So increasingly, chief security officers are being asked to report security metrics and spending to the board, and that's a great opportunity for them to, to kind of pivot the conversation around security budgeting to make it more strategic. From Indian context, large enterprises, how realistic is that the security team, the head of security, is having such conversations with the board or being or trying to be more strategic in approach? Well, uh, we have some data on IT spending metrics and we actually do this report every year at Gartner. So one of the things we found was that in financial services and banking and insurance, all of these industries that are regulated, that have been regulated for a while, we find that chief security officers often, you know, maybe report outside of IT and the organization spend not only on infrastructure security, but they also spend on things like applications, security and risk management for IT projects. Whereas outside of those verticals, especially in India, we find that the proportion of spending on infrastructure security is much higher 
and not the ratios of spending on risk and applications slightly lower than some of the regulated verticals. So yes, depending on what the organization structure is and where the chief security officer or head of security reports into, I think that really determines in the Indian context whether it's the chief security officer that's reporting on risk and security to the board or is it the head of IT. In organizations where the chief of security reports into IT or the CIO, then it's usually the CIO that is that is doing the reporting. But then you have the head of security involved in the conversation, present in the room, but it's kind of owned by the head of IT or uh, the CIO in that case. So it really depends from organization to organization. At any rate, whether it is the head of IT or it is the chief of security, we're increasingly seeing a trend in India that uh, C-level executives outside of IT, like the CFO, the CEO, the board of directors, they're beginning to view security as a more critical priority in different ways in different organizations. So this trend will only increase of uh, you know security becoming a board-level issue in India. So you say that uh, in 2015, large enterprises are going to focus on risk-based approaches, right? So that means the investment around risk-focused also would increase. So against this, who is going to take the call? Is it the CISO or the risk officer or the CFO? Well, I think it has to be a collective decision. Uh, a good security and risk program in an organization has the buy-in of all of these stakeholders that you mentioned. So when we say a risk-based approach, what we mean is that if you have a limited security budget, you cannot spend uh, a lot of money on securing everything to the same degree, right? You need to focus on where the high risks are to your organization and allocate security spending accordingly. So organizations need to realize that with more security investment comes lower risk and the less security investment comes higher risk. But in some cases, organizations can accept the risk too. They can accept the risk of something, of, of an initiative, and in return, they're getting some benefits to the organization, which is why they're accepting the risk. So when we say a risk-based approach, we would recommend organizations to move from measuring risks on impact versus likelihood to measuring risk on the level of opportunity value versus the appetite of the organization to take that risk. And if you find that the risk profile of a particular project is really high, then you can treat that risk and you can optimize that risk, you can treat it to the point where you're willing to accept it. And the risk treatment mechanisms are found in a multitude of ways. You could do a change in a process or a workflow to reduce the risk, or you could implement a technology like encryption that reduces your risk. So the risk treatment is a critical component of organizations accepting the risk per se. So what are the new areas, according to you, that investment planning is being made across enterprises, new focus areas? I think from my conversations here at the Gartner Security Summit in Mumbai, and I did a workshop and a session on managed security services and security monitoring, I find that a large number of organizations are looking at moving from preventative controls to detection and response. Now, many organizations in India do not have... Uh, this availability of skills or the resources to fully staff and operate a security operation center 24 by 7. So a lot of them are looking to leverage services from external providers that they can, they can use to build up their uh, security monitoring capability. And it's important to uh, look at it in the context of detection and response. Now, detection is when you uh, detect an alert or an incident, and response is the process of actually responding to it and putting in place your incident response plan. And the gap between detection and response is something we call triage. Triage is when you take an alert that you've found, 
through your monitoring process and you qualify that and you correlate that to a point where you can qualify it as a genuine incident. Now that triage is the responsibility not just of the service provider that comp- might or might not leverage, but it's also the responsibility of the organization. So you cannot outsource detection response completely. You need to work, if an organization is leveraging external providers, they need to work with them to make sure that their incident response strategy is effective. So yeah, I think one of the big areas that I have seen organizations looking at is building some sort of security monitoring capability to help them with uh, detection and response approaches. Is that uh, the reason that uh, not having enough in-house capabilities to address the breach response model that companies are trying to outsource their security? Well, I think outsourcing security is a misnomer. You can leverage external providers for certain capabilities that they might be good at, but the entire life cycle definitely involves uh, people from the organization as well, in-house analysts or engineers who are working on that particular bit. And what I recommend to organizations is that if organizations have a security team, even if they're leveraging an external provider, they should dedicate at least one person to incident response in-house. So, uh, yes, because external service providers have got the scale and they have the ability to run operations 24 by 7, it is lucrative or it is um, viable for organizations to leverage their expertise rather than doing it themselves. Even in cases where companies are setting up their own in-house security monitoring capability, we find that uh, they leverage external providers to uh, staff those on-premise socks or leverage them for level 2 escalations or things like that. So, yes, to answer your question, the availability of skills is one thing. Budgets is the other thing, why organizations look to leverage external providers. And also remember that the core business of many companies is not security. You know, if you're a manufacturing company or you're a utility company or you're uh, an oil and gas company, whatever... You want to be uh, protected. You want to have a good security posture. But it's not your business to staff a SOC 24 by 7 with your own employees and run, monitor it to the same level of effectiveness. You know, it's, an, it's a massive effort. And organizations don't have the bandwidth to do that because they, have, they want to focus on delivering business value. So for things that external providers are good at doing, you know, companies are leveraging for them for certain tasks. And for tasks that they feel are critical, they are doing it in-house. So they're not outsourcing security completely, but they're outsourcing or looking to outsource certain functions that they believe providers can do a better job at scale for. Yeah. See, if you look at the reality is that the enterprises in India are still grappling with a lot of security challenges at the basic level, at the infrastructure level. And on the other side, the digital world is bringing new technologies like IoT, smart cities, and cloud is already there. Mobile as well. Mobile, yes. And these are bringing new types of risks, right? So how do they gel with the situation? How do they create a very conducive kind of environment within their enterprise from a security standpoint? be it from budget allocation or investments or investing on in-house capabilities? Well, I think organizations uh, are looking at mobile and cloud and all these digital efforts as enablers of business growth. So what that means is that it's becoming central to their business success and competitive advantages, right? Because of that, a lot of these projects are actually getting funded directly by the business uh, as opposed to you know coming specifically from, from IT. So what that means is that organizations need to have better governance across all these different types of technology-related projects. Some of those might be run by IT, some of those uh, might be run by the business directly. And you need to embed security at all layers. So the best practice that we're seeing organizations doing is 
you might have multiple avenues or multiple uh, uh, technology spending centers in your organization. Like let's say if it's a bank and they're building mobile products. So they have a development team that's doing mobile app development for that particular initiative. That might not be under IT. But a good way to look at it is if you have embedded uh, security and risk professionals in that team that think about security from the beginning and that help the, the chief security officer to govern effectively, uh, to govern security and risk across all of these disparate initiatives. That is essentially where organizations need to move towards and some of them are already moving towards that, is embedding security in all technology projects rather than looking at it as an afterthought. Let me give you an example. If if, in, uh, if a business unit is developing a mobile application and they develop the application and then they come to the security team for a code review, that's going to take four to five weeks. The security team might not have the bandwidth to do that for every single initiative. On the other hand, if there's someone from the security team that is embedded in that app development project in the beginning, they can help mitigate these challenges at the outset and work with the app developers to think of security concepts right at the beginning so that as they're developing the product, it's integrated into the workflow. And then when they go to the go to the security team after development for review, the security team can use those couple of weeks to add more value rather than trying to fix something that has already been created. So that's an example of how organizations are looking at governing risk in a more uh, consistent manner across all of these projects. As a security analyst, I would like to understand from you, in the next 12 months, what are the three to four areas that the practitioners need to really work on uh, to address the cyber risk, the growing risk, and also from a risk management standpoint? Well, if you're talking about organizations, what, what companies need to do, I think the first the first step really is to have a risk-based approach towards security and risk management, you know, overall the program and the governance. The other thing is to have a good uh, staffing strategy and have an understanding of what your security team looks like today. Where would you like it to be, your in-house security team? Where you would like it to be, say, in three years? What, what are the skills that you think you need in-house and you need to grow that in-house? Uh, and plan for that. Also plan for things like uh, retention. Security is a hot market today. So skilled security professionals uh, are in high demand. So what if you have one incident response person in your organization that's really good and they, they leave for whatever reasons, maybe new career opportunities or uh, you know, there could be several reasons why they leave. And what is your what is your plan B? So what I would say is that in building out these skills practices, there should be a lot of cross-pollination in the organization where uh, you have a good mix of security engineers, security operators, uh, incident responders, forensics people, but you also need to have skills transfer internally so that people can take over when there's an organizational change or somebody moves up or somebody moves out. Even when leveraging external providers, it's important for companies to view it as a partnership rather than as a as something that they've just outsourced and forgotten about. If your security provider is good, they probably have a very skilled team in-house that's working on your infrastructure. They're following some best practices. If you find that the maturity of your external provider is higher than yours, learn something from them. Inculcate some of those processes if you find that they are useful to you and continuously grow the security knowledge in your organization organically through all of these methods. So I think the, the skills element is, is really the biggest biggest thing that I would say apart from the risk-based approaches is because security technology is great. There's a lot of new cool technology that's coming out but it's only as good as the people that are actually operating and managing it and using it in the context of that organization. So you know that would be my recommendation around skills. Thank you very much Sid for joining the discussion. All right thanks Gita for having me.
You have been listening to Sid Deshpande from Gartner on the changing perception of senior management and the boards of the enterprises with regard to security and the key steps CISOs need to take to make their organizations secure. This is Geeta Nandikotkor from ISMG.